I think Gene froze. He did freeze. I love the look <laughs> on his face. I wonder if he'll come back. It's like extreme shock at what you were saying. <laughs> look at him. I, oh, it's my like, goodness. He's like, what the hell is coming out of your mouth? <laughs> this could be couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> That's why I think Zebra Stripes is a better name, to be honest with yeah, you. I know I've been trying to find a way to get there, Zebra Stripes in there. Well, I, I think I, you I, just I, found I, it. I don't know. I you might have just found it. it. Yeah. Let go let go or let God is what I always say. Let go and let God. You know what? So, Episode number one of Zebra Stripes. <laughs> I am Coach Gene Clemens. That is Coach Whit LeJour. Thank you for joining us. The form, the the podcast formerly known as Offensive Thoughts. We are rebranding on the fly right now, ladies and gentlemen. You should know this is not a joke. We were actually having this conversation off air um, a couple of weeks ago, right, Whit? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the idea of zebra stripes and the double entendre of coaches complaining about referees and calling them zebras and then the obvious you know me being a black man him being a white man and that kind of you know look and and really kind of playing off of that and I was like oh that sounds that sounds cool we've already started I kind of don't know how to work it in and then of course I come on here and and call the podcast something that it's not I call it something of, of another thing that I used to do and and so it, it really makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how are you doing? Whit? How's 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 your week been? So I'm 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 doing well. You know, and you have the other contrast of you know young and old here a little bit. You know, I'm a pretty young guy. You're you're maturing at a at a fast rate. So, Super fast I mean, rate. There's uh there's contrast all over the place, and and I I just I think we're a branding away from going big time, and that's the way I feel about this thing. I know what we're producing is quality content from the feedback I'm getting out there. Uh, again, mind you, a lot of it's from friends. Well, I mean, in in a way, that's kind of how it always works. Is when you have friends, hopefully, if you have good friends, they tell you the truth. And so hopefully your friends are the ones that are saying, hey, yo, dude, this sucks. Or, hey, this is y'all got something working here. So I, I've heard some yeah. similar feedback from friends who, who've been been honest about what we're doing. Hey, you know, y'all, you, yeah. there's a comfort there's a little, there. There's a yeah, comfort there's, there. We got comfort. Uh, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of positive, uh, you know, thumbs up. Uh, there's some hesitation occasionally in their voices. And I, I try to flesh that out, you know, like, hey, uh you know, but, you know, whatever. We're good. And, and, and you know, sometimes great guests make a pod jump to the next level. So I'd like to think that, you know, this new feature of guests that we got starting today might really take us somewhere else. Absolutely. And and speaking of guests, we have a, a I mean, let's, let's be real about it. We've got the, the prince of of the Leisure household. He, he is quickly becoming, you know, the the gold standard within the house. He's already usurped his father as the best basketball player. Um, that happened at like age, I don't know, 17 or something like that. But now into his super duper um, senior, his super duper senior year at um, at Hobart, we have Jack's 
Jack Lejeur. I almost called you by your full name, and that's it's really interesting. And I was thinking about it because on Wit and I were talking about grandparents off off the air, and um, he said that you have a you have a grandparent that still calls you Jackson. Is that is that correct? I guess so. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I guess he does call me Jackson. Yeah, okay. All right. Absolutely. Jackson LeJour, um, guard for um, Hobart, um, even better person, former British Academy alumni, um, and, and, and really an overall great young man. Jackson, thank you for joining us. Jack, we'll call you. We don't want to, we don't want to confuse your friends. Yeah, you probably have never heard of that name called before. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on as I wrangle this ham and cheese sandwich. You know what? There's nothing wrong with a good ham and cheese. You'll, nope. you know, especially as a collegiate, those have probably come in handy many a oh, day. Yeah. You know, Gene, nice. I'd like to, I'd like to fight back a little bit. You know, like I, I again, uh, Jack has accomplished a lot as a, as a student and athlete, but I'd like to say many of his successes have come in like institutional settings and structures where as a lot of my finest success came a little off the grid, further off the grid and in, in other less formal uh, basketball situations. So I think I was regarded, uh, you know, as a decent player in my own right, but, you know, Jack on, on the conventional measure, right. On the, on the scale has, has far surpassed me, which by the way, we're, we're all proud of, but I just want to clear that up less. You know, so in other words, you're saying you're more of a of a playground legend than than Jack would be. I think I got game. I mean, that's 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 what I think. Although we've already discussed that too, because that's going out the window. Or have I retired? Have I not? So we don't need to rehash that. No, no, it's it's okay. You know, it's it's just Jackson's time. <laughs> yes, exactly. You knew him when too. You knew him as a budding. I mean, I knew him. I knew him back when there was not much of of, of a Jack to speak of. There was just a a, a nice yeah. little left going on, you know, and, and and this thought process that we might be able to cultivate a, a future Cy Young Award winner. Didn't How quite old get was to he? The Cy Young. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, right. So you co yeah, you coached with me on the on the, with the Tigers with Alley Cat. Remember that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Who still asked me about you and I I must uh I must I see her not too often, but every once in a blue moon. So she'll she's, be excited. She's doing, to, she's doing great. I, I think we actually connected. Yeah, we see? connected on social media some years ago. She was um yeah. She was getting engaged or um mm-hmm. or married to her partner and yep. um was was really happy. No, Ali is awesome. Yeah. All of those, yep. all, you know what? That was just a really fun time with some with some really cool, you know, really cool kids. Um yep. with a couple of guys fun. who barely knew what we were doing. I don't yeah. remember if we yeah. won a game. Did we win? Were we good? Uh, we did we win we the won. championship? We what? We, well, come on, I think we ago. did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we went to a district round or something after our own league. Yeah, we 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 were we were in the mix. We were in the, we were mix. In the mix. We were yeah. in the mix. Were we were we the the cream of the crop? I'm not sure about that, right. but we were definitely right. in the mix. We were we right. we weren't a bye week. That's for sure. No, we weren't. I think we, we had Michael Corcoran on the mound too. Yeah, we did. He could throw heat. Yeah, he could throw heat. Yeah, he could throw heat. I thought we were a lot like one of my favorite podcasts, The Long Shot, 
long shotters, you know, shout out to, to Duncan uh, and his boy if Davis. If you're listening. If you're listening. Uh, and if you're not, maybe someone will give you the heads up. But, you know, I, I thought that was sort of the uh, Tigers were, were, were long shots that he would have been proud of, you know, particularly given our lack of experience in the baseball world. So. Absolutely. So, so Jack, how's how's the season going down at Hobart so far? Uh, it's going well. I mean, we're off to off to a little bit of a rocky start, but um, we're a young team, and we got um, we got the biggest stretch of the season coming up. So we'll put some things together. We got Christmas break coming up, so we'll be back there on the twenty seventh for practice. Um, so we yeah, we got some things to put together, but it's it's going well so far. I'm, um, Feeling my body's feeling old. I got the nickname of Gramps on the team, so I'm trying to live up to that uh, and, and coach some young guys up. So it's going well. Absolutely. Just make sure that you throw a back in my day, um, you know, <laughs> quote in there every once in a while, just to let them know that you've been there, done that. I, I noticed that you are you are sporting the the beard, the bearded, you know, mustache kind of thing going on. It, you're very Maine right now. I yeah. am very Maine. Well, I'm in Maine. Yeah, so I, I mean, you're, you're a Mainer, but you're you're very Maine right now. I am used to the clean cut, clean shaven, you know. As his parents are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what brought about the change? What made you um, want to go with the, with a little bit more of the of the lumberjack look? <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a conscious, uh, I want to become a lumberjack, more of a, I could never grow facial hair for so long. I mean, I had uh, my friends, I felt like had mustaches in eighth grade. I always wanted to have some facial hair. And, and you know, sophomore year in college, I started getting a beard. And then since that point on, it's been, uh, I don't know, I enjoy the, the beard look more than uh, fresh shaven. I think it gives my face a little more symmetry as well. But I mean, as you can tell, it's it's a little scraggly right now, but um, I mean, no better time to keep your face warm than than the winter. Okay, so the real question is, what do what do the ladies think of the facial hair? I guess you'd have to ask them. I mean, you you probably have a better barometer than I do. Have ha, has the has the pickings been lush since the the facial hair have come on? Do you have a significant other that that has has told you or looked at you and just rubbed on the beard a little bit or went, eh. what, what's the, what's the returns early on? Yeah. I, I don't have a significant other, but I'm not going to expose newsflash. my newsflash. I'm not going to expose my investment portfolio just to everybody listening though. So I'm going to keep that a little bit private, but I will say, I mean, it does get some love, you know, I'm okay. sure there are people you know that would you rather don't have to give it all shape. up. It's okay. It gets some love. Well, that's good. That's good. You know, the, the biggest thing when it comes to facial hair is you, you can't let it become your identity. That's the that's the biggest thing. Like James Harden can't cut his beard now. Right. Because it's become who he is. And if he cuts his beard, if you remember what James Harden looked like pre-beard, it's not a it's not a pretty sight. Like the beard is what makes him. You've got those faceted jawline, you know. Don't forget about them. There's something about those 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 strong faceted features that that are there for a guy. I mean, I'm not forgetting. Don't I'm forget just, them. Don't I'm forget just experimenting, and I'm keeping it clean too. I'm lining it up so it's That's, not just you know, it's, it's not very, just it's very wild. Good. 
I'm yeah, glad. No one, no one's asked me about, uh, you know, my dabbling into the uh, facial hair. And actually, I went the, I trimmed the top, and and then grew out the beard during during uh, the first installment of COVID. Um, but to your point, I agree with you. I had to do a mind shift because so much of me was clean shaven mind shift that to have the beard, like, come on now, that doesn't change anything. I had to get over that kind of little uh shallow identity crisis absolutely absolutely and the reason we didn't ask you it is because you're married ah like this is a this is a conversation that is that is beyond your depth you don't even remember what it's like to be single it's been so long um and and shout out to you i mean you 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 cashed your reel out You, you you pulled in a good one and you said you know what i'm good i more, more yeah. guys should do that. And I'm going to tell you that it just seems like a day. So it doesn't certainly, well, well, you may say it's been a long time. I'm going to tell you that it's, it's felt like a very brief time. Um, well played. Well played. Well played. Where's Mary Beth again? Let's make sure. <laughs> anyway, um, but interesting enough about, you know, since we have some bridged in people, you know, in, um, in here, the news of Jordan Stevens um, as the new head football coach at um um at Maine you know obviously congratulations to Jordan great a great a great guy turned in is turning into a really great coach um I'd like to take all the credit for this um for his entire career right now if you would if you would allow me to take a a, a few minutes back when when I was at Bridgeton and um, um, me and Coach Daly were um, out scouting players. We went down to the main all-star game, and Jordan was there playing fullback. And we were actually – I think we were actually there looking at a couple people, but he was a fullback. And, and I looked at um, – I looked at Daly, and I was like, yo, this dude is – this is your starting middle linebacker coming this year and and I was the running backs coach so I mean it wasn't even like I was helping myself out but I just knew I was like this guy's a defensive player he's going to be he had no offers he had no anything going on and I was looking around I was like is this just because he's in Maine that he doesn't have like that nobody's seen this talent like that what he brought to the table and, and obviously he came to Bridgeton knocked it out of the park he was definitely a Bridgeton kind of guy um, fit in, was loved by everybody, had a fantastic career um, up at, at at the University of Maine and then went on and began his coaching career um, that recently um, had him down at Yale. And now he's had an opportunity to come back. I think he started as a coach at, at Maine and um, spread his wings a little bit. And now he gets to come home as the head football coach. And, and that's a really awesome thing to see. And we, we even – you know, joked about the possibility of another Bridgeton alum possibly joining him. You know, um, one Nick Marcella, who's doing really great things down at RPI right now as the offensive coordinator and, and having the opportunity to see both of those guys um, as, as Bridgeton alum link up at the same place would really be an, an awesome sight. Not that it's going to happen, but it was just something we were kicking around and I, and I knew it was interesting. What's your thoughts on, um, obviously, you were younger 
you know, when, when Jordan came through, but just seeing a fellow Bridgeton alum and, and Maynard get that opportunity. Well, I thought that question was to Jack, but really it wasn't. was, but you know, he was, he was ham sandwiching it. So <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, you know, what I, while, while Jack gets his thoughts together on that one, what I was going to say is, you know, another thing that we've got in common that I didn't realize, you know, I'm also a former running backs coach at Bridgeton Academy. So, you know, you and I uh, share that distinction as well. So at former running back coaches at the Academy for Rick Marcella, uh, you know, taking off in their flight on their own uh, careers. We, we, we share that as well. So proud. I, I, I forgot that you had, that you had dabbled in the, yeah. you know, in that the works. pigskin for, for a little while. Yeah. How anyway. was that experience for you? How, how, how did you like coaching football? No, I, I enjoyed it because uh, it, it immersed me into a big part of the culture at Bridgeton Academy. I mean, during uh, those days, there were 70 or more players uh, on a school of 175. So, you know, maybe half, almost half the school, if you will, uh, playing football. So you, you just got to know uh, not only so many guys that you might have in class, but um, – you know, with, with Rick and then Mike Fuller, God rest his soul, legendary former head lacrosse coach. Uh, you know, I learned more about VA from those two guys and, and had a lot of fun. But, you know, that's a big operation. So as a basketball guy, uh, two years was enough. Like, did I want to spend uh, my fall uh, sitting outside when I knew that I would rather be in the gym? So, but... You know, it was good. It was, it was a fun time, and we we laugh about it now. Absolutely, and and we're we're joined again by Jack. And I always say this too. Sorry, but I'm going to add this. I got to add this. <laughs> I was, I mean, Rick, because I put this. I said this to someone recently. I mean, I was the running backs coach at a time when Rick, you know, ran the ball approximately three to four times a game, maybe like if we had a quarterback sneak for a first down or something. So I mean, he knew where to put me. Like he took my football acumen and said, yeah, you're the running backs coach. And by the way, we really rarely line up with a running back. If we do, he's, you know, in the shotgun next to the QB. So I digress. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's okay. He was a, he's a smart coach. Exactly. He's a, he's a smart coach. He knows how to allocate the talent. So. Yeah. I was holding off on um, <clears throat> answering that question. Cause I didn't, I didn't know Jordan. I mean, I was Nick. Um, I want to say he's probably seven years older than me, maybe. So that question was going right over my head. But I mean, happy for a fellow BA alum to get the job. That'd be really cool. I know um, Coach Marcella at RPI, like he loves the job. When I play at RPI um, once a year for basketball, we usually get to see each other and talk before the game. So it's always cool to see him but um i mean if he were to come back to maine and we get a, a dual bridgeton pairing um up in orono that'd be that'd be really unique um but um yeah i guess happy for jordan too that's that's really cool i didn't know i didn't know you had such visual prowess to see a fullback uh and immediately assign him the label of middle linebacker so i might need to get you on my uh my madden squad and, and hire you as a coach i'm playing a lot of that recently i could use your talents <laughs> Well, I mean, Jack, if you if you don't know, I mean, that's that's probably my my best talent. And I'm not even trying to, you know, toot my well, yes, I am. I'm tooting my own horn, but my toot away. Yeah, you know, my 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 best my best talent is is 
to be able to identify what people should be doing and more importantly, what they should not be doing. Like when I tell you, hey, Jack, you know, you know, be that be that be that hustle guy, that that tough guy that goes in there and just I'm telling you that for a reason. Are you telling me not to shoot? Exactly. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm telling you to do. Like, don't shoot so much. No, I'm only kidding. I'm just oh, but but no, like seriously, I think that I think that Jordan actually played some um played defense, played some defense, but was had had a phenomenal year as a back. And so that's where he that's what he was in the actual all-star game. But I never actually looked at him as a back, especially being at Bridgeton, where I knew I was going to get, you know. 15 guys coming in telling me that they were going to be division one caliber running backs because, you know, they, they ran for 1300 yards at Narragansett Academy, you know, playing against, you know, you know, Narragansett school for the blind. That's not going to work. So I, I had to make sure that when I was trying to put people in right place, and this is, this is actually, um, what I what I believe is one of of Rick Marcella's um, greatest like his greatest attribute is he lets guys be who they are and you know mature into what they believe they can be and bring those to the table. I I was a I was fresh I was fresh out of college and he never treated me like a fresh out of college football coach. Like he he treated me like. I had a, if I had an opinion to bring to the table that it was to be said and, and if there was disagreements, we had them. And but then he also let me know that his name was on the door and that, you know, at the end of the day, he had to be accountable for whatever those decisions that came out of the classroom. I mean, out of the office were. And, and I really appreciated that about him. I think that that allowed me to mature as a coach faster. I was only a few years older than the guys that I was coaching. So it's just, um, it's just pod like promote the Marcellas or should I be concerned that I may be replaced? Um, I, I'm starting to <laughs> sense a, a, you know, a direction here. I, I don't know. You know, and you are, you are a guy from the time I've known you, uh, you know, kind of wiser than your years. You kind of have that persona and you may, you may even back then have actually come across as one of those guys that, you know, is, is he is he 23 years old? Can we check birth certificates? Do we know exactly where Gene came from? Like, where did he come from? So that may he may have been giving you, you know, I don't know. Yeah, he, he, he may have. But, I, I, I appreciate it. Whatever it was, I definitely appreciated it. But I'll say this. I mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm joking around a little bit because I, I, I know you're right. But I also think uh, what. The way you describe uh, Rick's treatment is what I would hope uh, Bridgeton Academy is all about, serious note, uh, which is to say that open space, if you will, to become the best you. Like, that's what I like, you know, with self-expression and development, all that stuff. So the way you, you put it, great. But I, I'd like to think that um, that's what a post-grad year can be. Now, that was a cheap you know, promo marketing move of its own, but it, it was a fantastic promo marketing move. And quite honestly, most podcasts are built to promote and market. Okay. So you're enough. doing what you do. You're doing what should be done. And by the way, when, when do the, 
when when do you start to crank things back up? Is that going to be after the holiday break, or do you have a holiday tournament planned? Yeah, no holiday tournaments. Uh, January second, we're back to campus and and reignite the uh, engines um, after a very strong start. And we'll look to you know we're making some regional and national headway that we haven't seen in a decade, honestly. So we're enjoying that for what it's worth. Uh, but more importantly, looking forward, like Jack said, to his college season, looking forward to, you know, what we've got ahead, knowing we face uh, the iron. But as you told me a week ago, like iron sharpens iron. So uh, we'll get ready for that. Absolutely. And and will you guys be at full strength? Are you I know you were saying that there was some there were some possibilities of some additions that were possibly coming. Well, I mean, uh, there was one young man that um, due to travel restrictions and, and COVID and whatnot was not able to join us first semester that is scheduled to be here for, for January. So he's someone that, you know, is enrolled and, you know, I've gotten a lot of, I, I've had a lot of mileage out of him not being here because, you know, when our guys don't box out as well as they might, I've said, now, listen, if you don't want to box out, uh, you know, a couple months from now, then, okay, go right ahead. Cause we'll just let, you know, I'm not going to mention names here, but we'll just let Jimmy Jones go get that one. You know, Hey, if you don't want to keep the guy in front of you, okay, that's fine. Uh, a couple of months from now, but right now until Jimmy Jones gets here, why don't you, Try to block. Why don't out. you try to box out, please? And yeah. thank you with love. Thank. Exactly. That's 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 the way we roll. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the it's interesting because you talked about COVID restrictions, and we've seen that with the um rise of these variants, um in in COVID, that basketball at the at the collegiate level and at the professional level seem to be getting hit hard. A lot of games being canceled, a lot of things, a lot of schedules being changed because of um, exposures. Do you think it's a situation that we're, we're heading back towards something maybe where we have to take a step back and, and shut things back down? Or do you think that like you were talking about a few weeks ago, this is the new normal and people are just going to have to learn how to navigate around this new normal. I uh, I want to hope that it's going to be somewhere like in between there. That That's what I've got to hope, which is to say, look, it, there's no doubt we're going to be impacted. As you say, we already are. Um, I think you're going to see fan restrictions. I think you're going to see uh, more and more testing. Uh, and I think what has to happen is uh, asymptomatic vaccinated players. This is a decision. I think it's going to happen at the highest levels, but I'm not sure about the high school prep levels, all of that. But I, I think they're going to have to come to grips with the idea that that maybe an asymptomatic vaccinated player who tests positive uh, could be eligible to to play. Treat it more like a flu. Like that might be, and that that might be no way in hell. I don't know. I've I've heard that discussed. I think at the pro level, that'll likely be the way. Um, you know, that being said, that's if this thing just keeps tracking kind of the way it is, and and you know, but I mean, if 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 death rates rise and more, you know, I I think it 
I think you could also see another complete shutdown. I don't think is out of the question either. But well, Jackson, if if everybody's vaccinated, do you think there's a there would be an issue with having an asymptomatic player continue to play if everybody that is within the program and and on the programs that that team is facing, if they're all vaccinated? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the expert, but if my understanding is that if you're still vaccinated and say you are asymptomatic and play, I am under the belief that you could still transmit it um, and and pass it along. So I don't know, but I I also think, I mean, that's a, uh, like an optimistic hypothetical situation that isn't actually the case. I mean, I don't, not everybody is vaccinated. There are, um, I'd say most teams probably have a few individuals that are not. Um, And so it'd be nice to think of that situation, but I just, I don't think it's the case either. Um, So personally, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'd probably push back against what my dad said. I'm I'm in a little different thought in this process right now. So, so we'll see. I'm, I'm a bit more pessimistic. You think you think everything is going to get shut down again? I think it probably should have already happened um, to some degree. I mean, I know New York State had the most cases in one day. I think it was today or yesterday ever that they had. I mean, it's um, it's getting a lot worse. It's getting. I think it, it's going to be much worse than we've seen in the three years now that the pandemic's been going on. Um, so I'd like to think that this wouldn't be the new normal, but. Um, I mean, it's, we're just not, I, I don't know. I've been reading some interesting um, stuff lately too. That's, it's been interesting um, how it's been framed now recently as just a vaccinated versus unvaccinated person thing. And, and sort of um, that it's a, it's an individual response to the pandemic that um, is either going to help us or hurt us, which I don't think is the case. So I, I think what I think has been long overdue is, is government policy and, and sweeping um, protections, protections and measures, because clearly we've we've been in this pandemic for three years, and we still have sixty two percent of our citizens vaccinated. So I don't. At some point, the effort should not be to just try to vaccinate everybody, but to also increase like measures and protective measures in spite of not having everybody vaccinated. So I don't know. I think it's similar to to responding to like the climate crisis and climate change by saying saying that everybody needs to just reduce, reuse, and recycle in their own homes and think that that's going to do um, what we needed to do on a, on a large scale. I think, I think we're at the point where we need, we need uh, measures and protections that go beyond just the individual. Absolutely. Um, with those, yes. those, those tuition dollars are going to some good use right now. I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I got a little quiet myself there. I um, mean, goodness um, gracious. <laughs> Should we call him the professor? I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, like, good, my man. My bad. I've been, I've been cooped up. I haven't talked to anybody, so I had to, I had to unload a little bit. Listen, Jack. Look, I mean, you're talking That's... to two people who consider themselves to be like pretty intelligent guys. We were just over here, like, uh. and, and it's great. No, and and you make you make some good points. I I like to keep things in the realm of sports. When I when I think about these things, because I understand that, like like we're separate from the populace in the fact that we move differently. Um, so so thinking about it like this, from what you said, that 
you know, the cases in New York, you know, some of the highest that they've ever been. I wonder if people are doing the breakdowns and going, okay, these are the cases in New York, but these are the cases in New York City, which we know is the concentration of people on top of people on top of people. But you don't you don't stay in a place where there's people on top of people on top of people. So right. is it is there the same threat for um you know students at a a a, a Hobart as opposed to students at an NYU? You know, so I think that when we think about also when we think about vaccination, you see a lot more players more often than not that are willing to just do whatever it takes to get onto the court. I mean, if we just think about the amount of things we put our bodies through, um, the the idea of taking a shot, and this that's what's been this what's been mind-boggling to me about it when you see athletes that are that 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 buck getting vaccinated is you're willing to put toradol into your body you're willing to play with some of the worst injuries known to man but you won't take a shot or for a vaccination when you've probably grown up taking shots and vaccinations your entire life and not knowing what was in the needle so like when i look at it from an athlete standpoint and i and i go if you can get to a point where the athletes and the coaches and the people who are around the the teams have essentially fortified themselves by a we work out we we take care of our bodies we're doing the thing on the physical fitness and nutrition side but then we're also vaccinated i think it makes it a lot easier to be okay with going with with, with continuing regular action um as, as it's as it as these cases become more prevalent like we're seeing a lot of people who are who are being put in the protocol but are not sick like we don't even know how many of these people that are in the protocol are actually sick or actually tested positive or if they were just around somebody that tested positive because that's the information that we don't get we're getting out beyond i'm sorry well go ahead yeah, I was going to say, we're getting out beyond my knowledge base for sure. But, I mean, to me, I look at uh, hospitalizations. I kind of, to your point, you know, that, that's how I look at it is is how much I think, for whatever reason, I think it's spreading faster than ever. I agree with that. I think uh, anecdotally, you just, in, and, you know, even with people that are taking certain measures, I, I see it just spreading to, to different people, like, of, of all, you know, walks of life. Uh, so, for me, it's like, okay, that's an inevitable thing at this point but now what's the hospitalization rate and then that's where i i get simple and you know like i i, I don't wish ill on anyone but if if if, if the systems you know if too many people are, are being hospitalized that aren't vaccinated now now that's where i start supporting the professor over here uh <laughs> and and i say you know national mandate like we're not we can't pay for you we can't you know our system can't cover you if now if for some reason uh this spread that i'm talking about if it goes beyond uh you know if vaccinated people are now going to the hospital you know yes, they are. If, if yeah so i don't know i i'm curious about the numbers there i haven't seen that breakdown so if that's if if jack's you know got you know whatever those numbers are if that let's, let's just say continues to happen okay well now no question, we, we're going to take far more restrictive measures. That, that, to my knowledge, that hasn't been the case. But again, 
we're out beyond I'm, I'm out over my ski so i'm gonna have to defer to the professor here but also yeah and gene if i can jump in real quick to go back to your point i mean i don't know if you heard but like cornell university which is near us in upstate new york just this goes off of your comparison with upstate versus new york city i guess they had um about 97 percent of their students fully vaccinated um, but had to shut their campus down after they had I guess 300 cases in two days and maybe in total over 900 cases. So that, yeah, I guess they had more than 900 COVID cases, uh, I guess in a week. Um, so I think that shows, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not really discriminating against dense areas or not dense. I mean, it's sort of just spreading everywhere. And I know the worrying, the troubling thing is just people with boosters that are fully vaccinated are getting this, this new variant so it's i'm not scary but um yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there, it's a nightmare it, however you <laughs> however you whatever side you come out on it's a nightmare yeah. it's it's there's no i almost feel like there's no right answer or there's no there's no right answer you're, you're going to be you're going to find some people who are going oh well you're infringing on our civil liberties and then you're going to go people saying yeah but people are dying you know, and so like as long as you have people that want to hold tight to something that they feel you're trying to take away from them, they're going to buck. Um, even if you what you're doing is for the greater good or for their own personal good. Like I just think sometimes we don't see it that way. I'm I'm with all just for the record, I'm with all the boosters. Give me all the give me all the vaccines and all the shots. Um, I feel like the that that the first thing because I am I am of the mind of the um, reduce reuse recycle. I think everything starts with you, and so for me, if I want to be a if I want to if I want to have a better team, then I need to be a better teammate, and that's where it comes down to. Like if I want the team to be better, then what am I doing to make that team better? And I take that philosophy into everything with everything in life. Um, if I want to have a better podcast, what am I doing to make the podcast better? What am I bringing to the table? If I if I want to have a better relationship, what am I doing to have a better relationship? How am I making sure that I'm I'm, I'm filling the needs of the people that I care about the most? And so I think from a more national scale and a global scale, we we enter that same thought process. What are <coughs> we know what you think individually, but what are you doing to help the populace? What are you doing to help everything work together so that you can still continue to be who you are? Preach. But and speaking of things, uh, speaking of preaching and, and things that you care an awful lot about, I I, I, I don't want to bring this up. And I, I thought there'd be a different outcome. But did you happen to notice the 30 point beatdown that uh, Carolina took uh, at the hands of Kentucky? So, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. And and I, I know that you're saying that because you're trying to trigger me. Because you, you know how I feel about the the person that they put in charge yeah. of no, I know. the program. I'm just going to say this. I feel that Hubert Davis deserves the opportunity to learn on the job the same way that I feel Penny Hardaway deserves an opportunity to learn on the job. But I don't like the early returns. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I think the early returns have been mixed and I and I I'm I'm a Hubert Davis supporter and and the uh mixed. And, 
what's the, what's the good? What's the well, good like, that you've seen? They were, I don't know. They're like eight and two or something going into that game. Like, they're playing Wingate and like UNC. Well, UNC, there, there UNC like people, there are people the, losing to some the of those Nova schools. Sassa, record. A&T. And, and there's some big boys. A lot of big boys have been losing to places like that. So he's just playing the games that have been that his AD put in front of him, or that his staff, you know, former staff maybe put together. Maybe he did. So anyway, I think they've been doing pretty good. And and you know, I give him credit because he, you know, he was a fill-in man. They had a probably no more than 48 hours to get ready for that game. You know, and, and maybe something less. So he took his team. He flew to Vegas, if I if I if I recall correctly, mm. on on a moment's notice to play a, a big national TV game. And you know, he put his to some degree. Guess what? He put his team in harm's way. Like that was that was a gamble. But that but be, to your point, he said, "Hey, guess what? Chance to play an elite team uh, early season. We're doing fine." You know, hard to say would he have done the same thing if, if his record to that point hadn't been uh, solid. You know, if he if he didn't think they could absorb it. So I'm look at not a not a not a great chance to to get prepared as well as he would normally want to and do this and do that. So I say good for Hubert Davis and the team. And sometimes it's not fun, but we we learn our best lessons in total beatdowns. Don't want to take too many of them, but every once in a while. Not a bad thing. So I'm I'm pulling for uh, I'm pulling for the blue. I'm I'm pulling for the hills because that's that's the squad that I have spent the last right. God knows how many years like dying with. So yeah. I am I'm pulling for them, but I can't feel bad for a coach that ha- that is in charge of a blue blood program because they had to get ready on a on a short notice. This well, isn't. <laughs> I mean. We're not talking about we're not talking about you know um, a team that is not adept at playing big high level games a program that's not used to mobilizing in a second with 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 a budget that 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 trumps those of football teams out there. I just I just think we're all creatures of comfort. We have routines that are are you know very disciplined in in sport. Uh, you know, I, I think the Tigers, for God's sake, the Little League Tigers, you know, would want to know what's upcoming next. So when, you know, all of a sudden I told the Tigers, like we were going down to play, you know, South Portland tomorrow. I'm not sure we'd get the best performance out of the Tigers. You know, like that's springing a lot on them. Uh, that, you know, again, yes. because, yeah, I don't know if Alley Cat's going to play the same way at first base. You third know, base, I, I thought. Third base, sorry. Third base. Well, she could yeah. play both, by the way. I mean, she was she was a killer, so she played whatever she wanted. Right, I mean, right. She's, I want her ready. I want her in her routine. I want yeah. her, you know. Up I just, the- I just think when it comes to like when it comes to the players, Hooper's hoop. Like you yeah. say, there's a game at it. I, I mean, Jackson, you're here. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're. They call you grandpa, but you're still relatively young. Um, Thank at you. 21, 22 years old. 23 years old, if somebody says there's a game over here, there's not really a whole lot of thought process that has to go into it. You're like, okay, you grab your shoes, you grab whatever you need, you're out the door. And so the players are, and and you can't tell me those players are not up to play against Kentucky, but when you see what they rolled out there on on the court and 
the type of game that it was, when you come in and you say, hey, listen, I want to modernize our, our, our schemes more. I want to kind of make it more of an outside-in instead of an inside-out type of game. And then you get boat raced by 30. That doesn't really bode well in the recruitment of said kids. And that's where the basketball, that's where division one, high level division one basketball is. It's about recruiting. And when you roll out to Las Vegas and you get steamrolled by arguably one of the best recruiters in the nation, he's going to use that in every home that you go into when he comes in behind you. It's just a bad look. Um, I hope that they get it right when it comes to playing these upper echelon teams or these teams with the high profile names. But in the first opportunity to show that there was a new sheriff in town, the sheriff got shot. Well, it happens. If you, I mean, not to call my high school team, uh, uh, North Carolina, but if you remember that we played Yarmouth, I think my junior year in a big game, in the middle of the winter, go down to their place uh, on the road, tough environment, lose by 32 points. Uh, as humili- Not as humiliating as it probably was uh, for the Kentucky uh, or for the North Carolina players at all. Uh, long story short, ended up beating them in the playoffs uh, later that year. So I'd say, you know, it all, it, it'll all come together at the end of the season. Hopefully they can um, put it together when it matters most, but. And I think another example, again, over the span of two seasons, would be similarly Duke and Vegas, you know, back with Bobby Hurley. So, you know, the idea, right? So some sometimes uh, that's the way these things go. So can't make too much, can't make too little in the moment, and just move forward and see what happens. I would certainly be using that in my recruiting pitches, though, if I steamrolled. You know, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, or, or I just go after, you know, since there are more than, you know, five, six or eight bodies out there that Carolina, you know, since there's more than guys out there that Kentucky can take, then I just have to go, oh, you know, Calipari's in there. I'm going to need to go in another direction. So I'll get one of the other guys who, by the way, is McDonald's all American. I think Gene froze. He did freeze. I love the look on his face. I wonder if he'll come back. It's like extreme shock at what you were saying. <laughs> look at him. Oh, my like, goodness. He's like, what the hell is coming out of your mouth? <laughs> his computer it's a couldn't take it anymore. Pod moment. <laughs> I, oh, he's going to have to edit this oh thing. Oh, my God. Crying. That's, oh. Uh, he's out. He's out. <laughs> What you this said was too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't take it. Hey, hilarious! And he's back. I was listening, like I was frozen, but I could hear you guys. No. And he's like, "Yeah, he's gonna have to edit this down." And I'm like, "You're right." I don't know. Um, well, I, maybe you can keep some of it in because I love Jack's statements. Like, Gee, oh no, no, Jack. no! Oh, that's that's, that's how it's opening. That that'll be the opening for this one. Um, <laughs> I know that we were I, I know that we were talking about it because speaking of like you know making don't make too little or too or too much out of something. Um you know John Harbaugh was at it again. Mm. He was at it again, and um once again with the opportunity to tie the game up or go for the win, or at least to go for the um the lead late in the ball game, 
he decided to go for the lead. And with his backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who had played really well, um, he went for two against the Packers, and they did not get the play. And it was really weird because he ran a rollout play. To the right I, or to the left? Yeah, he ran a rollout to the right. It was Huntley. Yeah, he ran a rollout with, to the right. With Andrews spread out. With Andrews yeah. spread out wide. That's so. what that's what really got me is, is he ran the rollout with Andrews spread out wide. The safety that was over the top literally just made a beeline for Andrews and Hollywood Brown is wide open behind him. And in my mind, I'm going, that's not fair because essentially Tyler Huntley only had one read. It was throw it to Andrews or try to make something happen. But you took the field away from him. And and this is now twice on a two-point play where the answer was to take away the entire field for two of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. I didn't, again, I don't mind the, the decision to go for two. I 100% have issues with these plays that they're calling in the situation of taking away the opportunity for the most dynamic player on the field to be, to have the entire field to work. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I think to some degree, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, I, I think the blitz, something we've talked about before in our pod, uh, factors for the rollout call, right. Just buys a little more time. So you're not now, you know, expecting a blitz, maybe you can escape it and, and, and some of that stuff and, and roll out. But, I think that adds to it, but maybe play design. My question would be, does Harbaugh have any input in, into that play design? Uh, is his offensive coordinator in a tough meeting this morning? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll tell you what, in, uh, really just I marvel at how a decision to go for two, which, I mean, for decades, just not going to happen is suddenly happening. So I do, I, I think it further opens the door between the nerds of the analytics, the nerds who are pressuring coaches uh, more in some organizations than others, I assume, right? Uh, the nerds against the, the football people, the nerds against the, the, the coaches, the nerds against the, you know, the Neanderthals. Yeah, I think that's what I like, the nerds and the Neanderthals. Neanderthal, you know, people that have traditionally been in charge of some of these decisions, and now the the nerds of the analytics. Um, thank you, Moneyball. Well, it's it's interesting because I find I always find myself in a in a strange position in these in these cases because I consider myself when it comes to the way the game is like the 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 old guard of the game to still be in that mode. Um, this is how you this is how things need to go. But I've never I've never prescribed to a lot of what I consider to be the antiquated antics of football. Like, I don't think you have to stay in an office for 12 hours a day in order to get the job done. I've never understood why that was an effective mode because I've been in those offices for 12 hours and I know that there's not work being done. I also think that when you have the opportunity to go for two points at the two yard line, a three yard line versus a field goal at the 20 yard line, I, I think it's a no-brainer. 
My problem is if you're not going to go for two every time, then the analytics don't work. Analytics only work when you do it all the time because analytics are based off of data that is over thousands upon millions of times. And so if you're not doing it every single time, you're never going to see the benefit of the analytics. What do you think about Harbaugh's comment that it was just a gut decision then? Well, he said that he said that he didn't think that they were going to be able to he didn't like their chances in overtime. That's the part of the old school football game that I love. Hey, you know what? We're going to we're going to end it right now because we've got the momentum and I don't know if we're going to be able to hold it. We're on our 27th different DB. You know, he's out there throwing the ball like like a like a dark thrower, you know, in 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 the world championships. The dude can't miss. We probably need to get this thing over with right now. Again, what I don't understand is if you're going to do that and that's what you say, then fine. Don't bring the numbers into it then. Don't this that wasn't don't say it. Well, the the numbers supported it because that's what he said as well. Well, you know, the numbers supported it. And, and well, no, they don't because you don't do it every single time. I'm 100% here to tell you that if I had Lamar Jackson and a backup as good as Tyler Huntley, who is essentially Mar- Lamar Jackson light, I would never kick field goals. I mean, extra points. But I would always kick field goals because I've got the best kicker in the world. So it's like well, he's playing. He's playing nice. He's playing nice with the nerds in his own organization, um, you know. And and I'd like to know, you know, as a, as a, a as an astute football mind, what advice you have for my son? Because honestly, in, in this uh, in this uh, Madden, I mean, he's coming. He's <clears throat> basically in a depressive state as he loses games. He didn't share this earlier. I I, I almost I don't want to share it, but. He was fired in a former season. Like, I didn't even know you could get fired from a video game. And he was fired. Yeah. So, like, do you have advice to him as as, as playing in a pivotal game tonight? And even if it's just advice for how to deal with post-game trauma, uh, which I've seen a lot of in the last 48 to 72 hours. It's it's making me sad, and I don't know what to tell him. Well, Well, Jack, I will tell you this. As a recovering video game addict, one that was a long time um, give my money away to Madden on a regular basis. You can't play a video game. You can't play a sports video game like it's a video game. You have to play it like it's real football. Oh, I am. And I'm experiencing the losses like it is real football. But I think that's what's getting me better. Yes. And so that's what I was about to say. And so as long as you're improving, you'll be okay because you're coming from a background of not football. True. You know, and so. I, I have been improving a lot. So I guess to give backstory, uh, about a week ago, I was head coaching as as one Eugene Krabs the third of the Houston Texans. <laughs> the Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Um, who else did I have? I can't remember who my receivers Eugene were, but I got Krabs. fired. Yeah, but I got fired. And so now I'm um, I'm in the midst of a new franchise with my two friends. And as you were talking about uh, this game last night, it reminded me eerily similar. 
I'm playing, I'm fighting for the playoff spot, playing my friend uh, who's the Saints 12 and one. It's a battle back and forth. About 15 seconds left, I managed to score the ball and I'm down one. I'm in the same dilemma. Do I kick the field goal and, and take my chances in overtime or do I go for two and go with the win? Naturally, I, I went for the win, rolled out to the right on a, on a stick pass. Didn't see uh, Noah Fant open, so I tried to sneak in there with Kyler. Get stuffed at the one and uh, ended up getting the onside kick return. Never before seen. Go down a little bit, seven seconds left, get picked off and lose the game. Um, that was that, that hurt one that hurt, but was there no, a knew, controller throw on that? Because that would have been a controller throw for me. There was no controller throw, and there was no bed slap, and there was there was not even a there wasn't even a verbal reaction. Besides, I I let out a, a, a an animalistic scream, I'd say more like a guttural, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, Our dog jumped off the bed, two like <laughs> three rooms yeah. over. But I'm getting yeah, I'm getting better. I got a yeah huge game tonight to hopefully sneak in last spot. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to you have to you have to continue to do what's necessary. Although I will say that when I when I say that, I'll also say this: someone won the Madden Championship when they drafted and then traded for all offensive linemen, and then made all of the ten guys in front of Lamar Jackson offensive linemen. And then just went quarterback gun run every single play. They I think took next it, season I need to improve my offensive line. Yeah. Not quite like that, but I need, yeah, big, I I mean, need a big line. I would say just like in real football, don't worry so much about the stars on the perimeter. If you get the stars in the trenches, there are so many like good perimeter players that you're going to find good perimeter players at a great value. You should spend your money in the trenches because mm-hmm. if those guys can't block, you're getting massacred. Yeah, I think you're first on my list is is going to the Hobart alum Ali Marpet. Um, yeah, I mean he's going to get hurt. Another, and he's gone. He does. The you should be like prepared. Ali. He's going to get hurt, Ali Marpet. Another another shameful plug in an episode he, full yeah. of shameful plugs. Why is he going to get hurt? Because he, he gets hurt all the time. Like, that's what happens. Every single year he gets hurt. So his Seriously? injuries, yeah, okay. So his injuries on the game reflect that he is somebody that will get hurt. So in your season, he's probably gonna get hurt at some point. It's a very, very intellectual way of just saying he's injury prone. No, but I'm talking about the game. See, we're <laughs> talking about Madden now. I know. Look at those things. I know that it reflects because if the injury percentage, if the injury percentage is high, hurt three times a game. Exactly. Like for instance, um, early on in Lamar's career, when you ran with him, anytime he got hit stick, he fumbled because his fumble percentage. Yep, happening to my friend right now. Yeah, his fumble percentage is high, and there's nothing you can do about it except for when I see people coming around me, I just get down. Mm-hmm. Immediately hit the slide. I don't even try to pick up extra yards. Got to hit the slide. That's so. That's who would the video you be searching world. for? Who who would you be searching for on the offensive line right now? If if you're, um, I would go young. I would go with a, with a lot of the young guys. So I would try to get a worse 
if I was if I was gonna get a guy, I would get a worse. I would um, I I would go with an older veteran who's really really good. Um, who's the left tackle out of? He he's for San Francisco right now. I can't remember his name, but it'll come back to me at some point. But you, he's good, and then you always want to have a a, a, a a solid center, but you don't have to um, spend money on center like that. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hudson is probably a really good value. He's a center that's really good. Um, if you're trying to spend a lot of money on a really good, like high level center, obviously um, Jason Kelsey's the best center in the game. Um, maybe maybe Martin if you're if you're going that way for a guard. But what I like most about offensive line is to find those guard, find those guys who have value at multiple positions, so that. When you fill your team with six or seven legitimate starters, it doesn't matter who goes down. You have somebody to fill in a role anywhere because that's really what kills you is when people get hurt. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to mitigate injury. All this shows, all this tells me is I don't want to play either one of you in Madden. Uh, I I haven't picked up the sticks in a long time. I I, I don't even know anything about the the new Madden's. I like my chances with the other sticks. I like my chances with Tiger Woods circa like 2011. And speaking of which, right, I mean, how do you not get inspired by watching? Yeah, I mean, big time. Yeah, Uh, that's a lot of fun watching that. And I know every a lot of folks in a lot of places enjoyed watching that. And and and, you know, it just it. My God, you can just see the story waiting to happen. It's going to be just going to be massive. Yeah, can you imagine a Nike rollout if, oh, Char- if Charlie Woods becomes a pro? No. Like yeah. the Nike I, rollout yeah. for Charlie Woods to be a pro is going to be the most epic rollout ever in the history of rollouts. Yeah, and I think I think Zebra Stripes is calling that right now. We're, we're, we like to be on the front, on the cutting edge, and, and we're calling it right now like that's going to happen. Well, yeah. And, isn't it just so crazy when you look at the side-by-side comparisons of him and Charlie and how much Charlie has or has adopted his father's man- mannerisms on the like the swing, the 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 club spin, the the stare down, the walk, everything is just it it's scary and it's really really exciting to watch. This I is the part of out. getting old. This is the part of getting it- old by the way that nobody told me was so awesome. Nobody told me about this part of getting old. And I like this part of getting old. Like watching people that I watched or played against or played along the same lines of, watching their kids get older and now do what they do, it's really, it's it's super fun. Yep, well, I I agree. We had, we had this is a pre-pod deal, but, uh, you know, it's a great segue in our next pod to talk grandparents. Yeah. Talk, yeah. We yeah. were going to get to it, but then, you know, yeah. Had we had to, we had to, we had to get the professor in here to, to school us yeah. on, <laughs> on all things COVID. Right. Um, hey, Jackson, we really do appreciate you joining us, man. Good luck. Um, second semester uh, with the squad. We, we'll be rooting for you. Obviously, we know that, 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 that that the parents will be in as many games as they are able to attend. Um, and, and we're looking forward to great things for you. And we're happy that your portfolio is really happy. I mean, really healthy right now. 
healthy portfolio for you. I'm, you know, you really touched my heart knowing that that portfolio is, is doing well. So I'm happy to see that. Thank you, Gene. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the fifth episode. First, as, as newly branded Zebra Stripes podcast, make sure that you are um, liking and subscribing on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. I am Coach Gene Clemens. That is Wit. That is Jack. Until next time, y'all have a fantastic week.